Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an episode of the Flying Green Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Nebel here with Michael Nanny, of course. We are back after a long little break of recording episodes. We're back, should go back to a normal routine here on these episodes. And Michael, how are you feeling about being back after a long break? Feeling good. A lot has happened. Uh, maybe I'm feeling a little bit better than you are, but I mean, there's also plenty to be stressed about from my perspective as well. So mostly good, but there's a dosage of disappointment as per usual. In uh, Jetsland, uh, I suffered a little bit of disappointment uh, last month in February. I think our last episode was the Super Bowl preview, and uh, we haven't been back since. And as uh, I'm sure or anyone listening knows that the Eagles lost that Super Bowl uh, in a disappointing fashion, whether it be defensive holding or not. I'm not one to make that call. It was a terrific game. Both teams played well. Lost stung, but can't be too upset about it. Jalen Hurts played really well. Uh, offense played well. Defense just couldn't get a stop in the uh, the second half. That's really kind of what wrote their demise. Um, but Jalen Hurts, I think, played his – his best game that I've seen him play, minus that random fumble. I don't, I don't know how that happened. That was something. Went to go switch hands, fumble, scoop and score for six. The Chiefs, um, but he bounced back in a great way. And I think that's, if you couldn't win the game, that's what you're looking for most um, as an Eagles fan to see if Jalen Hurts could step up to the occasion. And uh, he definitely did that and passed the test with flying colors. Um, do you have anything you to say that... about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think that for you as an Eagles fan, do you think the previous win back in the 2017 season kind of helps take the sting away from that loss a little bit? Just the fact that, you know, you could fall back on the idea that, like, it, I've already seen a win, so it's not as desperate. I think it the, the win in 2017 definitely, definitely helps. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, the day after, you're definitely upset and you're mad, but, you know, as the days go on, you're not, not as mad. It was a great game. At least they didn't get like blown out. They played well, you know. Like there's nothing to really be mad about, uh, minus a few errors and a couple of defensive stops that couldn't happen. Um, but it was. I think they played a great game. Hertz played great. Had that beautiful deep fifty-plus yard bomb. To AJ Brown, Devontae Smith played well. Miles Sanders, who's not on the team anymore, so now I could bash him. Did not play well, so that's totally fine with me. Um, the you know, it all just comes down to, I guess, that last drive. Um, Bradbury was holding or not. I don't know. I don't think it was anything too crazy where it totally drew uh, Juju off of his route. I thought it was a little bit of an overthrow anyway, but, you know, call it, give him the game. Um, but I thought the team played well. And like I said, uh, not too angry about it. I already saw a Super Bowl win, but I expect this team to be back in contention next year for another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, looking at that NFC picture, it's a really interesting balance between the two conferences because I look at the NFC and I don't see any reason the Eagles shouldn't be the clear favorites to win that conference again. It's just not a stacked conference. It feels like all the talent is leaning to the AFC. I'd like, you just go division by division. I mean, the NFC North, Rodgers is going to be out of there. Who's going to step up in that division? I like the Lions, but we still got to see some weapons. Yeah, I I do like the Lions, but still got to see it from them first. Uh, NFC South, I mean, not a lot to be afraid of there. Maybe Derek Carr makes the Saints decent, but hard to see them being a real threat. Who knows what the the, Panthers there in the NFC South getting the number one pick? See what they do. 
Good defense. Um, but, but really looking across the conference, it feels like no one's really stepped up to truly mm-hmm. challenge the Eagles after you know they pretty much breezed their way through the conference last year. So I think they do have a really good chance of getting back there. So we'll see if they can do it. I definitely agree. Um, they lost um, a couple a couple of key starters on defense, namely Javon Hargrave, TJ Edwards, and CJ Gardner Johnson are the big names. Uh, the other guys kind of filler players, you know, nothing anything crazy. Um, the Kobe Dean will be able to play here next season, take over middle linebacker. Um, Hargrave was very good uh, the past two years for the Eagles, but you know he's up there. What is he like thirty years old and paying eighty million dollars for him? That's I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. So I'm not too mad about that. And the one that kind of sucks is C.J. Gardner Johnson because when he was on the field for the Eagles, he was a terrific player, a playmaker. He's able to play all over the field, any spot uh, in the secondary. But I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter, but it, he's he's so weird. He like he'll say something and then delete it and then take like shots at Eagles fans or anything and delete it. It's like just a bunch of drama with him. It's just like okay, you know, just move on. He, it makes you less upset that he left. Yeah, I mean, Jets fans have had plenty of players like that with the Twitter drama. Uh, so definitely know what you're talking about there. I mean, he was a guy who I was kind of hoping the Jets would be in on because they have mm-hmm. a need at safety that they still haven't really filled. And, you know, he didn't sign the most ridiculous deal. No. What was it, one year, $8 million, I eight think? Million. I think it was six and a half, and they could get up to like $8 million with yeah. incentives and all that. So that's, and, you know, speaking of the Lions, we just brought up, that's a nice addition for them. I mean, I th- I really think they are the team to watch in the NFC is the potential contenders with the Eagles because they had that breakout season last year. They finished it on a great run. They have a lot of young talent. They're strong on the offensive line, which is a great yeah, foundation to, you know, be consistent as you build your team. And, you know, Jamison Williams, their first round pick, didn't contribute last year, but he's going to be ready this year. Um, you know, you've know, thrown Johnson. David, uh, David Montgomery from Chicago, they brought him in. Add him to the run game. So I, I like the direction the lines are going, and that division's going to be open for them. With the Packers are going to – we'll see what they do with Jordan Love, but most likely a step back. And then the Vikings were very lucky last year. They're not yeah. going to be that team this year. <laughs> no. Uh, Still don't think the Bears are ready to compete yet. So I'm looking out for Detroit this year. I feel like it's their year finally. No, they definitely caught fire uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I think it kind of just um, weighs on the the shoulders of Jared Goff and see how he could play. You know, he's always been, I guess, a solid NFL quarterback, not like top 10 or anything like that. But he's always always been a guy that could definitely keep you in games and maybe even win one, one or two in a year himself. But uh, – it's a young team, young secondary, but they they added a few pieces and see how they play. They got some some great young pass rushers in there. I think they all they need is really kind of just a big maybe D tackle uh, in the middle of the defense, and the defense will take the next step. Yeah, and then obviously with the Lions being a team who contributed to knocking the Jets out of the playoffs at the end of last season, <laughs> they had that comeback win with. Who was it? Brock Wright. Some, I think that was his name. Random tight end. The game-winning touchdown on fourth and one in the fourth quarter to start the Jets' downfall to miss the playoffs. <laughs> um, but Jets are going to hope to reverse that this year, make that first playoff appearance since 2010, because they do now officially hold the active record 
for the longest playoff drought since the Sacramento Kings <laughs> clinched their way into the Western Conference playoffs a few days ago. So now it's the Jets alone at the top. And and before the Kings, it was the Mariners, who I think was at – they were at like 20 seasons or something. But they, they made just, the they playoffs. Made last year. So yeah. I guess we got to go down the ladder here. We're knocking out all it the seasons. that, that every Jets year. Jets yeah, next on the so. list. So, um, and like every New York team is making the playoffs too. The Knicks and the Nets are going to be in. The Giants were just in. Yankees and the Mets were just in. And all Yankees three hockey teams in. are in the playoff yeah. picture right now. So the, the Jets are the only team that you just, can't find their way in. The, uh, the New York Liberty. I wonder if they made the Are playoffs. they in? I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have to check. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers most likely coming in, there's definitely excitement in jets land i mean i think they have the six best super bowl odds right now so there's a lot of hype around the jets the most that i've probably seen in my time as a fan going into the season and we'll see when this whole thing plays itself out in terms of like the trade compensation and all that but i mm-hmm. uh, see i think it's going to happen before the draft because i don't Better. think the packers are going to want to you know not get immediate help for Rodgers, yeah. wait until next year to get those new players coming in for him. And you got Jordan Love coming in. You want to get as much support for him as you can. Yes, definitely. And also, you know, the Jets were a seven-win team last year, 13th in the first round. Uh, they have two high second-round picks. And you're assuming next year the Jets should be better than they were this past season. So those picks will be even less valuable. So I feel like the Packers are going to be pressured into caving into – what the done. Jets are asking for, finding that middle ground prior to the draft this year. Uh, so I think it'll be right before the draft that it finally gets settled because there's no rush before then. And I think both teams mm-hmm. are going to try to push and pull, get what they want. But I think the, the Jets know that the Packers have to get this done prior to the draft because they want those 2023 picks. So that's how I see it playing out. But it, it does seem like Rodgers is essentially a Jet for all intents and purposes, and he will be here uh, as soon as that gets done. So it's an exciting thing to and, think about. Uh, when he, I don't know if you watched the Pat McAfee announcement live when he was on, but I was watching it live, and I when he finally said he intends to be a Jet, I was flipping out. Just uh, all the pressure off after that whole week of, like, is he coming? Is he not? And you missed out on Derek Carr before that. So all the pressure was there to get Rodgers, and it seems like they sealed the deal. So it's an exciting time. Just got, still got to finish this deal here. But uh, that's a little stressful, but it, it feels like he's a Jet. Really. He's be a Jet. Yeah, it's, I remember seeing about like Aaron Rodgers' wish list for the Jets, and you know, I don't know if that was true or not, but they went out, got Alan Lazard, and when they did that, you know, it makes you think, what do they do at the receiver spot? with Elijah Moore, who's always seemed to be like kind of like the odd man out for some reason. And they go and trade him. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns. That was, how do you feel about that? Yeah. The wide receiver position has been the real, really the only position where they've had a lot of activity this off season. They have some other holes that they need to be fixing. I don't know why they are, they are so hesitant, whether it's safety, D tackle, uh, offensive tackle, They've kind of been quiet, but wide receiver, there's a lot of activity. They signed Alan Lazard, so get a familiar weapon for Rodgers. Um, they signed McCole Hardman. Uh, they released Braxton, who's replacing Braxton Barry, so they released. Um, and then obviously trade Elijah Moore, like you said. And I wasn't a fan of that 
you know, before oh, it gosh, even happened, I was saying like I want them to keep him. I think he's gonna break out with Aaron Rodgers, especially because, with yeah, top quarterback. Yeah, I mean, more has gets open. been a great route runner. He gets open. You could see it watching the games, and you're like, he's just getting missed. Whether it, you know he's not getting targeted or if he's getting bad throws, and I'm like, I feel like this guy should be putting up big numbers and will mm. when he gets a good quarterback. So we'll we'll see what he does in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson if he. Watson could have a bounce back year because he was pretty bad last year, but um, we'll see what he can do on a new team. But you know, the compensation wasn't great either. They swapped a third round pick for second round pick, uh, but it does at least give the Jets that leeway to where if they do trade a second round pick for Rodgers in that trade, now they still have another one to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So when they do make that trade, which I think will probably be like second round pick plus future conditional yeah. pick that could upgrade depending on what the Jets Play do and Rodgers does. Yeah. If they make that trade, they could, because of the more trade, still have their first round pick and a second round uh, pick second to use this year. So it is good in that way, but I did probably, you know, the fact that they didn't add a pick uh, for trading him is a little bit disappointing. So didn't love that trade, but I guess I see the logic. And, you know, they got Hardman coming in, they got Lazard and, now yeah, Odell Beckham might be on the way in. <laughs> that'd be that's an insanely crowded receiver room. You know, you got yeah. Wilson, Corey Davis, who is you know depends on his health, I guess. And then you add Alan Lazard, add McCall Hardman, who's kind of more of like a playmaker, put him anywhere. Yeah. Gadget. Um, yeah. Then if you add Odell to that mix, obviously he's been out with injury. It's been a couple of years since he's played, but who plays? Obviously Garrett Wilson. And Lazard will probably play a lot of the snaps. And at the bench or trade Corey Davis, maybe cut. I don't know how his, how his contract looks yeah. if you cut him, but it seems like Corey Davis would probably be the odd man out in that situation. Yeah, I think so. And that's really the big discussion for Jets fans is Corey Davis's future, especially if they get Beckham. I think Davis will probably get released or traded because they can get out of his contract pretty easy. And I, I think someone would trade for him because he's solid enough starter on an expiring mm. contract so uh i would think he gets traded but at the same time i'm like you know the jets are going all in for a super bowl this year that's the goal when you get aaron Rodgers for maybe only one year it's a super bowl or bust kind of season and i'm thinking you know why don't we just have as much depth as we possibly can you know guys <laughs> are gonna get hurt all. especially beckham with his injury questions Corey davis has his own yeah. injury question so Maybe just keep them, and you know why not have the most depth? It's not the best way to allocate the cap space or anything, but but uh, Robert Sala did speak pretty highly of Davis a couple days ago, and um, you know coaches will always do that. But he was you know saying trade that he yeah <laughs> uh, Jets want Jamal Adams to be a Jet for life, so uh, so who knows how much that matters? But he did like talk about Corey Davis and his role in the offense and how he how he's projecting him to play this year so maybe they do keep him but the odell stuff is starting to feel pretty real i mean the jets players are constantly tweeting at him and he's tweeting back That's, and he was hug, he's hugging robert sala just, at the league meeting it's just always just odell beckham this odell that and obviously you know as an eagles fan watching him torch the eagles all the time with the giants back in his prime he was the most amazing receiver, a terrific route runner. He could go up and catch anything. He's got breakaway speed, but obviously now what he's like 30, 31, 
coming off a torn ACL, didn't play it all last year. So who knows what type of Odell you get. Um, will it be the good or it'll be the bad. I mean, there's not really been a bad Odell, but you don't know what you're getting with Odell. So it's always a risk with signing, but I think yeah. it's a risk that for a team like the Jets, you definitely want to take if you can. Yeah, that's a risk because you just you just don't know. He's 30, going to be 31 this year, coming off the ACL, which is his second. And, you know, he hasn't really been a superstar receiver in a while. The Cleveland couple years weren't great. Um, and, and he had that very good playoff run with the Rams. The but, uh, he played well. Yeah, still didn't put up the biggest numbers that year, so you just don't really know what you're getting. And I know he looked great at that workout he had in front of teams apparently but you know that is what it is doesn't really matter uh so you don't know what he's get you're gonna get from him but i do think at least with the jets like garrett wilson is there to lead the way and Mm -hmm. the pressure wouldn't be on odell to be the go-to guy and the jets have so many other targets too to where i i think odell if he can give you what he gave the rams in that playoff run i mean in those four playoff games he's averaging 70 yards a game he had two touchdowns uh, and that, that's what's missing half the Super Bowl. And he really got them going in that first half. So if you can get that guy, like a really good number two receiver who gives you touchdowns mm-hmm. and key spots, makes big plays, even if he's not, you know, the engine of your offense getting 15 well, targets, I think that would be a good fit for the Jets. But uh, price obviously matters. So uh, that's probably what's the sticking point right now because you never want to risk too much with, a guy who has as many question marks as yeah. he does. But uh, I, I don't think Rodgers had that wish list. I think on the McAfee show, he was refuting it. He said, I didn't have like a concrete wish list, but he did say, you know, the Jets may have asked about those guys. And like he would, you know, say, of course, I'd like to play for Odell. And it seems like mm-hmm. they have a good relationship. They're friends. So uh, I think there would be chemistry there too, just like with Lazard. So a, a lot of exciting but also risky stuff going on with the jets but it it does feel like there is a chance this team's gonna go into the year with a really stacked roster potentially that could compete in this very competitive afc and it's not even like obviously you have the weapons at receiver and you know 90 percent sure aaron Rodgers will play for them they have a solid enough o-line they're gonna get makai beckton back but they also have a budding start running back coming back in Brees yeah. Hall, who was terrific last year. So that opens up that whole entire offense. They have a great defense. Is there anything, maybe any like free agency wise that you wish they did uh, uh, to sure up anything, anything you wish they would have done? Yeah, I think there's, there's a few things and you don't want to be too greedy because look, they did get Aaron Rodgers or, or will, and you know, they made some moves in terms of adding weapons and they didn't have a lot of cap space anyway, but they still don't have a center right now because their starter, Connor McGovern, he's a free agent and he still is one, but I think they probably should have tried to upgrade on him anyway. So that's still a whole um, tackle. I think they could still improve. And just because like Becton's very injury prone, Mm -hmm. Dwayne Brown's probably the other starter and he's almost 40 years old wasn't great last year and was banged up. So the offensive line, I mean, you want to give Rodgers the best help you can give him. Packers didn't have a great O-line last year, and you could see it uh, kind of hurt his uh, stats a little bit. So the offensive line, I think they could put some more effort into that, but I do think they're going to draft one with that first-round pick. 
draft, uh, so. draft a tackle like Broderick Jones or someone like that. So I do think there will be moves to come, but so far definitely haven't seen enough. And they they do really need to get a center. Maybe they'll sign Ben Jones, uh, the former Titan center as a free agent. Oh. They have a connection to him. But um, defensively, safety, like I said, they could still add to. Uh, D-tackle, they lost Sheldon Rankin. So there are still some holes on this Jets team. They, they're, I, th- I would say they're like a top-heavy roster right now. They do have a lot of premier talent, which is something the Jets haven't had recently yeah, with guys mm-hmm. like Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, now Aaron Rodgers, um, Quinn Williams, DJ Reed, I think, deserves to be in that conversation. They have a lot of very good talent at the top, but still some holes to fill. And we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you, what do you, what uh, direction do you think the Jets are going to go with pick 13? Do you think they maybe move up with a team like, say, the Eagles, who, depending on how the board falls, could look to acquire a little uh, mid-round pick? What do you think they'll they'll do around there? Yeah, I think, like I said, with tackle, it's it wasn't the greatest free agent tackle group anyway. And the Jets kind of passed on all of it. And I think they still need that help, and you want to get short-term help on the off. You know, with Aaron Rodgers coming in, you want to get short-term help, guys who could have the greatest impact on helping you win a Super Bowl this year. And I think the offensive line does that more than anything, so I really think tackle is going to be the target there. But in terms of trading down or up, I I don't think I'll see them trade up because they are probably going to lose a couple of picks in the Rodgers trade. So they'll already be kind of limited in terms of the assets they'll have. But maybe they trade down to try to get some of that back. Um, mm. But I, I think they would only do that if they like their chances of getting an offensive lineman still. With I, th- I think it's good for the Jets because this is a, a pretty good tackle class. It's yeah, it's not just top-heavy with like, it was like one or two guys. There's, there's about like five or six guys that could probably go in the first round for tackles, so I think. That works out well for the Jets. Right, yeah. So that does create that possibility to maybe move down, get some value back, and still get the guy that you that you want or a guy that you like to tackle. So I, I could see that, but I, I think most likely they're going to keep that pick and use it, and they're really relying on it as their bit, their best way to get better at the offensive line. I don't think they want – I think it's a huge – priority for them to not give it to the Packers in this trade because they mm-hmm. just want to use it and they like this tackle class and can get a starter opposite Becht in there. Yeah. At least it's like uh, kind of a luxury for the Jets if you're only a couple positions away from you know, they already had a terrific roster probably top five or so around the league and you're only missing a couple a couple positions but at least you know tackle especially offensive line in general you definitely want those that to be sure up as the eagles have had the luxury of probably having the best o-line of the league the past six seven years and you see how that's played well for them they they're going to get jason kelsey back it seems like every year he's is he going to retire or not for the past like three years he's coming back again they just resigned lane johnson extended him for another year they did lose Isaac Sayamalo, the right guard, to Pittsburgh, but they drafted Cam Jurgens last year in the second round. He'll probably just slide into guard. And that's um that's the beauty about drafting like some of these these old linemen in like the second round, third round, that you know, you lose someone, you can go plug them right in. Um, 
Do, the, do you know like the Jets how they draft? Do they draft a lot of like depth O line men or how do yeah, they usually no, do it? They haven't really done that recently, and that's a that's a good point, like you said, because the Eagles have such a they really prioritized it, like you said, so they kind of can lose guys and throw them in. The Jets haven't really done that, and that's why you know they're kind of desperate for some help right now. I mean, they did have the two first round picks with Beckton and Elijah Vera Tucker recently, mm-hmm. which outside of injuries, I think both those guys are pretty good when they're on the field. So those have you know talent wise worked out, but. They haven't used – I don't think they've used a non-first-round pick on offensive line since 2020, so two straight drafts they didn't do it. And that was a Cameron Clark who never played because he had a, a – pretty tragic, actually. He had a career-ending neck injury, so not much mm. you could do about that. So, uh, But they haven't done a ton of that, so that's why they are pretty desperate for offensive line help. And they've spent a lot of free agent money on offensive line. Like like Dwayne Brown, they had to get him at the end of the offseason last year because Becton got hurt. Um, they had signed George Fant a couple of years ago. So free agency, they've spent a lot of money on offensive line, but they haven't really built that pipeline of young talent. So that's why they, they have to them. go out and get it. Yes. You know, obviously the O-lineman, kind of a boring pick in like the first and second round. You see all these fun names that, oh, Draft data. This this guy will be good in this offense. Then you see, oh, O lineman, Texas Southern State University. You know, it's Cole like, Strange. Just like Chattanooga. <laughs> and a Chattanooga. Uh, and it's like <laughs> I forgot about Cole Strange. I think he played all right for the Patriots. <laughs> Why was he a first round? I think it was a first round pick, right? Like he like was, yeah, like 30, like 31st, uh, 29th, I just looked at it. Something, 29th, Chattanooga, yeah, it's like, it's like, what are we doing? But, you know, it's a Bill Belichick pick, but, you know, it helps to draft these guys because they do get pretty pretty injured pretty often. So having yeah. having guys ready to go swap in uh, need be, and even if you, like, you trade a starter, you lose a starter free agency, it's nice to have these guys that can just run in the system for a year or two plug right in, step right in, and hopefully not lose the beat. And I, I think this is my favorite time of the year for football is the the draft more than free agency because, you know, free agency kind of sets you up for the draft. And, like, looking at, looking at it from, like, an Eagles perspective, I'd say they're pretty much set, you know, at every starter position you could want. Uh, they got, you know, probably the best cornerback trio in football. You lose – uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marie Blankenship was playing well last season. Uh, they signed some depth safeties. They don't really have that like uh, number one guy like C.J. Um, but it's fun to look at these prospects. They brought back Fletcher Cox, and you know there's a there's a big, big terrific prospect named B. John Robinson, who's probably the best running back prospect in Saquon Barkley. And like, it just gets you thinking. Wow, just imagine this guy in this offense behind this old line with Jalen Hurts. That quarterback keeping, you know, all the option plays that they run, and it's so fun to picture this. But you know, the Eagles don't really take running backs in the first round. But if you're going to do it, you know, maybe you know, t- uh, trade back with a team like the Patriots or a team from the mid mid to late teens. See how the board falls and see what goes from there. But it, it's just so fun to think about what some of these players would be on the team. I mean, last year was a very fun draft time for Jets fans because they had the two. First round picks. They had 
two second round picks. So they're just loaded with value at the top of the draft. And, you know, like most, most teams have one first round pick, one second round pick. So you add the two bonus picks and it's like, that's four different spots where you're like looking at all the different possibilities you can get. And obviously the jets crushed it as it turns out. And, it was exciting when they made those picks. I think most fans liked them, but I don't think anyone could have predicted they'd sweep the Rookie of the Year awards and have <laughs> Brees Hall in there, who probably would have won it himself if he didn't get injured. Uh, and then Jermaine Johnson is a wild card in there who wasn't quite as impressive as those other guys, but still was a good contributor. So it was that was a really exciting draft. This year, It's Jets fans haven't been as focused on it because the Rodgers talk is dominate the whole offseason and we still don't know which picks they actually will have once the draft mm-hmm. does finally roll around but you know now that i wouldn't say the dust has settled on that but it feels like it has and that rogers will be a jet i think now we're starting to hone in a little bit and figure out who the jets are going to get here to round out this roster and it's it's kind of different than most drafts i think for the jets because i think you're really trying to find guys who could plug holes and help you win right away because that's just the sort of season they're shooting to have with Rodgers, especially with that first round pick. I think you're looking for a week one starting offensive lineman there. So mm. it, it's risky, but it can also work. I mean, Tristan Wirfs helped the Bucks win the Super Bowl in his rookie year, and he was very good. So it's uh, it's definitely, definitely possible. Yeah, uh, I think the Jets and the Eagles were like a similar situation last year, having multiple first-round picks. And the Eagles obviously traded one of them to get a guy like A.J. Brown, who took this offense to a whole other level. So that adds that kind of element of it. They take Jordan Davis, who is injured a little bit, but you know, a terrific run stopper. Um, play even more this year with uh, Javon Hargrave leaving. And I think this draft class is really fun because it's, it's not only just a terrific draft class where there's the potential through the roof for a lot of these guys, but um, you know, the first four picks could be four quarterbacks. And the, you get the Panthers moving from nine, giving up DJ Moore, sending him to Chicago, who could possibly uh, possibly be a sleeper team this year. But I don't know about, like, take a division or a wild card. I think they're probably a year or two out. Develop Justin Fields, get him that great wide receiver. I think the Bears got a terrific call from the Panthers. I think it would have been a fair trade, you know, for the Panthers. Had they not included DJ Moore, then they throw in DJ Moore in there, and it's like, you know, the Bears probably won that, that a one. Great deal for Chicago. Chicago yeah. got didn't they get a first next year too? They did, right? I'm gonna look up I, that. I'm pretty back. sure you get a, a first next year. You get uh, a very good wide receiver one in DJ Moore for Justin Fields, and you don't move that far back in the draft. You're still in the top ten, where some of these guys like they could use D tackle help and a guy like Jalen Carter, who's been having off the field concerns and issues with what he's been going through, who's pretty much like the, a consensus top two player in the draft, you know, with Will Anderson, who's also very good in his own right. Say he falls to their lap at nine, and it's like home run pick, home run draft, home run trade, and the Bears are set up uh, for the future very nicely. But like I said, the first four picks could all go quarterback, and it all starts where do the, the Panthers go at number one, and it seems like they're leaning towards C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young, which I don't know about that, C.J. Stroud, Tremendous accuracy from the pocket, but I, I like Bryce Young's ability to make plays and kind of really be an improviser and really just an all-around kind of quarterback where C.J. Stroud's more that pocket passer, but he'll throw the, put the ball around the money for your team. 
Yeah, very inter- interesting. And obviously the Jets and the Eagles in that sort of, you know, Eagles are 10, Jets at 13. They're in that spot mm-hmm. where if there is that run on the quarterbacks at the top, then you're pushing them. a lot of great <laughs> talent down into that spot yeah. there. I mean, for the Jets, I think they should, regardless of how the top of it goes, the Jets should be able to grab one of those top tackles, whether it's Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones. I think Skaronsky is my favorite right now. So maybe mm-hmm. the quarterbacks could push him down or give the Jets at least their pick of multiple guys. But um, yeah, so that could happen. Or, you know, maybe if there's a big time defensive player who falls to them and they, you know, like a safety or something like that, they could think about it. But um. I mean, in terms of Bijan Robinson at the Eagles, I, I I know ten is probably too ambitious for it, but where do you think he's ultimately going to get picked? And do you think the Eagles might make a move to try to get into a spot where it would make sense to pick him? I think probably for Bijan, you know, the talents obviously there is probably just one of the best players in the draft overall, and obviously taking running backs that high and even in the first round is iffy, but you know what you're getting with him, and that's a, a superstar player right when you draft draft him. It's tough to see. I think probably his range will be those late teens, early 20s, you know, like that 18 and on range. But who knows? Maybe a team jumps the gun and takes him early, and that's what I'm, what I'm thinking. Like if the Eagles, if they do, because they don't have a fourth, fifth, or sixth-round pick, and do they move back, you know, some spots into the mid to late teens, if they're really – they took they had Bijan on a pre-draft visit, so if they really love him enough, you know, you have the luxury of having a terrific roster. If you want to do want to take a running back, get four years out of him, be the guy to do it. I just don't know. They signed Rashad Penny in free agency, which great player when he's healthy, but he plays like three games a season, so <laughs> who knows how that will be. Um, they, I mean, I'd love the idea of it. I'm not against it if they could move down into the late teens acquire some couple of mid-round picks. I'm all for Bijan because I think you put him behind this old line, he stays healthy all year. He can run for 1,300-plus yards. If you, He could catch the ball, too, terrific. And pass protection, it would just make this offense, which is one of the best in the league, just that much better. Yeah, I mean, Jets last year were able to get Brees Hall at a really good spot, I think. They traded up one spot to get him. They gave up a fifth-round pick, I think. Um and yeah, yeah they got him in the early second round so that's a really good spot for a running back because you don't have to give him that first round contract and it's mm-hmm. still high enough to where you could probably get the top guy if you want him like Brees Hall was last year and I mean I think Brees Hall and Robinson are comparable in terms of how great they were as prospects coming in maybe Robinson's a little bit ahead but you know Hall was very highly regarded and he lived up to it and, uh, you know, when he was healthy for those first seven games that he played. And I I think rookie running backs are really the way to go in the NFL. Yeah. They're, they're fresh. They don't have the mileage that, you know, a free agent NFL running back would have. Uh, they're cheap because you're getting them on that rookie deal. And, you know, they they just tend to come in and perform really well. It's probably yeah, the best. Like receivers. They just, yeah. the receivers that lately seem to come in just boom. Yeah, running backs and receivers really just – hit the ground running recently so it's a good position to target i mean in terms of the positional value though do you feel like there's anything any other spot besides running back where the eagles could get some value out of one of these first round picks or do you think a guy like robinson 
even though he's a running back, as good as he is, would still bring more to the table than another position? Um, well, the Eagles love drafting their their defense alignment. Uh, so I'm looking at a guy like Nolan Smith, who totally blew up the combine, lit it on fire, great player, another Georgia Georgia Bulldog seems the Eagles have gone the SEC route here lately, which not a bad idea if you're going to draft from a, a conference, take the SEC. So if if they stay at ten, um, I wouldn't. I I'd like a cornerback. That'd be nice because you know he resigned Bradbury and Slay, but Slay's going to be thirty-two, getting up there in age. You could draft. They don't really have great depth outside, you know, Bradbury and Slay. So a corner would be nice, um, but if It'd be it's Howie Rosen pick. It'll probably be a defensive end, whether it be Nolan Smith or well, Tyree Wilson's not going to fall that far. Maybe they move down a little bit, but it'd probably be an edge rusher. Um, maybe Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. It, it just depends. The Eagles like eighty percent sure they're going to take a defensive end, uh, D tackle maybe depending on how the board falls. Maybe an old lineman. I wouldn't like that, but who knows? But. Positional value, obviously running back is not valued as high as some of these other positions where you could rotate like DNs because obviously they don't play every play. Or or even like a receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Eagles could upgrade at slot receiver because Quez Watkins, big drop in the Super Bowl, as you know, I mentioned him in our preview, he lo- you could look to upgrade that uh, position. So I wouldn't mind a receiver. Uh, DNs probably the most likely, but a cornerback would be terrific. But also, you know, B. John Robinson would be would be really awesome to have on this team. It would definitely be quite the running back battle when the Eagles come to MetLife Stadium, whenever that might yeah. be. I mean, NFC East versus AFC East this year should be interesting. Those games, Jets still looking for their first win against the Eagles. <laughs> what but, are they, 0-10, uh, is it? I think it's 0-10 now. Yeah, so I'm, it's the <laughs> unusual thing now because the Jets played them two years ago because of that extra AFC-NFC game. Now we get them again because the NFC East rotation is back. So should be interesting. But Jets and Eagles, I think, these are... Look, we're talking about two of the top six teams in the Super Bowl odds. So we're both fans of title contenders here, which is probably something that happens more often for the Eagles than the Jets, but not common on my side of things. So it's, it's an exciting time and we'll see you guys in the next episode.